You are listening to John Diard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. In this episode, Dr. John talks about how to combat cold and sinus troubles and how to boost immunity. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard. I'd like to talk to you today about the lymphatic system as I continue my series on understanding the miracle of the lymph. Your lymphatic system is the largest circulatory system in your body, twice as big as your arterial blood supply system. It is like the drains in your house, and the blood is like the faucets. And oftentimes, in, in my house, the drains, when they get clogged, we have to take care of them. I rarely fix my faucets. The drains are commonly getting clogged. In our body, the drains are commonly getting clogged. Yet, we in the West are infatuated with measuring the blood. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, Mrs. Jones, we found high cholesterol in your blood. We're going to lower that with giving you a statin drug that will reduce your cardiovascular risk. And that's a great thing. However, we don't ask the question, why and how did the cholesterol get there? And oftentimes in Ayurvedic medicine, the very first system that we treat is your lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is the drains. If the drains are clogged, the blood will back up, become more viscous and more toxic, and we can make huge changes in the quality of the blood by destagnating your lymphatic system and measuring the, the efficiency of how well your body moves waste out. And that is the magic and the miracle of the lymphatic system. When we're under stress, the stress produces a significant amount of stress-fighting hormones. We know that stress is the cause of 80% of disease, and stress is extremely acidic. The chemistry of stress is very acidic. Cortisol, the stress-fighting hormones, are all very acidic, and the lymph system doesn't drain well in an acidic environment. It drains well in an alkaline environment. So, for example, in the wintertime, squirrels eat nuts. Nuts are a very acidic food, and that helps store proteins and fats and minerals and vitamins so the squirrel doesn't freeze to death. Come spring, the harvest changes dramatically to become more alkaline. And the alkaline diet flushes the body and detoxifies the body. It's a lymph-moving time of the year. So as we go into the springtime, we want to be thinking of detoxification programs. When you do a detox, you want to make sure your detox has some type of lymphatic destagnating, lymphatic detoxification component to it. Otherwise, we're going to miss a very big portion of the detox puzzle. It's critically important that we detoxify the body well. Now, there are many ways to detoxify the lymph. Uh, One is to help your body cope with stress. I have talked about that in almost all of my books, The Three Season Diet, Body, Mind, and Sport. I've talked about how to live your life in harmony with the natural cycles, eating three meals a day, not six meals a day, uh, getting to bed with the sun, waking up with the sun, beginning to live your life going downstream so you don't feel like life is such a big major struggle. It takes a huge amount of stress off the nervous system. Eating with the seasons, getting the acid foods in the winter and the alkaline foods in the spring to detoxify when the body seasonally is gearing up to detoxify itself is really, really important. When we're stressed or when the lymphatic system becomes congested, we begin to see things like holding on to more water, gaining more weight, rings getting tight in your fingers, ankles beginning to swell, rashes on your legs or your hands or your feet, joint pain, 
particularly in the hands and the feet. Any issues in the hands and the feet are usually circulatory issues of compromise or congestion where the toxins can't move out of the hands or the feet back to the heart and that's usually a lymphatic indicator. Itchiness on your skin, sore throats, headaches, breast swelling or becoming tender around menstruation, swelling around your belly, cellulite, lethargy, tiredness, fatigue, uh, uterine fibroids, fibrocystic breasts, ovarian cysts, these are all toxic, fibromyalgia, all toxic related lymphatic congestive problems. So if you have any of those concerns, please read the article about the lymphatic system. And let me give you a couple of tips of how to start to detoxify your lymphatic system. Well, one, green food, You're eating more green vegetables, sprouts, uh, leafy greens, uh, any type of green vegetable, alkalize your diet. And go on my website and you can download a list of foods that are alkaline, a list of foods that are acid, and come spring try to eat 70% alkaline versus 30% acid foods as a major lymphatic destagnating program. You can also download a, a grocery list of all the foods harvested in the springtime that are naturally occurring lymphatic moving foods from my three season diet book and that's free on my website at lifespa.com. There are herbs. One of my favorite herbs is called mangista, which means the red root. And it's an Ayurvedic herb that destagnates the lymphatic system. Please go online, read about this herb called mangista. It's a phenomenal, my absolute favorite herb for destagnating and detoxifying the lymphatic system. In the wintertime, beets, the red root of the beet is a lymphatic moving agent. So eat more beets, they also thin your bile. Great food to prepare yourself for detox in the springtime. In, uh, in, this, in, in the wintertime. In the spring, berries and cherries, all the red paranthocytins, the blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, the cherries, all of these red uh, antioxidants are extremely valuable for moving your lymphatic system. So again, in the winter, more beets in the spring, more berries and cherries. And then, of course, hydration, probably one of the most important tips or tools for rehydration, for, for destagnating your lymphatic system is to hydrate yourself. And my favorite technique is to drink about half your body weight in ounces of water per day while you're sipping hot water every 10 to 15 minutes throughout the day for two weeks. This is a, a, a rehydration technique. When you sip the hot water, it hydrates, it dilates, it detoxifies, it cleanses you. If you did it religiously for just one day, after the one day, if you are dehydrated, you'll be thirsting, craving, looking to drink more hot water because your body is now opening the cells and getting ready to really rehydrate itself. So please, if try that sipping of hot water uh, every 10 to 15 minutes for just one day, at the end of that day, if you're hungry and thirsting for that hot water, then do it for two weeks as a, as a lymphatic moving technique. My book, Body, Mind, and Sport is a book about nasal breathing exercise to get the rib cage to move fully. The rib cage is one of the major lymphatic pumps in your body, critically important for pulling toxic waste off your intestinal tract, out of your lower extremities, and if we don't breathe correctly, and, and I talk about how to breathe through your nose during exercise, this is a critically important component to uh, lymphatic uh, moving 
techniques. And I wrote about that in a previous newsletter. Please read about that. I talk about the benefits of exercise with nasal breathing accord and how it affects the lymphatic system, all of which are very, very valuable. So please read the article associated with this video. Uh, please employ these techniques of alkaline foods, living life in harmony with the natural cycles, using beets in the winter, berries in the spring, leafy greens and green vegetables in the spring as well. Detox that lymphatic system in the spring. Please make sure you tune into our Colorado Cleanse, which is a guided detox uh, program that we take you through. It's a two-week cleanse in the spring and the fall. Please look for that, or just simply follow the Short Home Cleanse, which is a free online detox, 10-page booklet you can download about how to detox yourself every spring, every fall, or really any time of the year this cleanse can be done. Please uh, read the article associated with this video. I am Dr. John Biard. Thanks for listening. Hi. My name is Dr. John Biard, and I'd like to talk to you today about the three most important things that we do to optimize our immune system each and every winter. My wife and I have six children. It's really important for us to keep our kids healthy, and these are things I recommend to my patients, and I do as well at home with my family. Number one, most important, is optimize your vitamin D levels. The optimal range, according to the Vitamin D Council, is between 50 and 80 nanograms per milliliter. Unfortunately, 50 to 78% of the American people are below 30 nanograms per milliliter, which means that they're missing out on the immune-building benefits of vitamin D. When your levels are between 50 and 80 nanograms per milliliter, per milliliter, your vitamin D levels are supporting an immune system like nothing else. Um, studies have shown uh, Russian athletes got 50% less respiratory infections when their vitamin D levels were optimized. 11 to 17 times less flus with children whose vitamin D levels were optimized. In one study where kids were actually getting 8,500 IUs of vitamin D per day, kids who were chronically getting cold got, had that dose for six weeks. For the next six months, got zero colds or flus. Their infections literally disappeared. This is an amazing benefit that vitamin D offers, not to mention the, the other benefits that I write about in my previous articles on vitamin D, which include 50 to 60% reduction in all cancers, prevention of diabetes, heart disease, blood pressure, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, stroke, asthma. Um, it protects about about 2,000 genes from expressing any negative traits or characteristics that might be genetically encoded inside of us. It protects our genome, our genetic encoding from expressing these traits. It's a hugely important understanding to recognize that vitamin D, this is not the newest fad. This is not going to come and go. This is the sun. We have been told not to get in it, and it is our life force. A new recent study has shown exactly how vitamin D works, and it's been working on humans and primates for, primates for 60 million years by upregulating certain proteins that activate our immune system. This is the way we were designed genetically to protect ourselves from colds and infections. It was from the sun. That research is conclusive. I write about that in the article associated with this video. In addition, 
vitamin D stops and blocks these, uh, the overzealous inflammatory process that is created during an infection, which clogs up the immune system, congests your lymphatic system, so your whole immunity is stuck in traffic and it can't get where it needs to go to fight the infection for you. And one other study that just recently came in, which was amazing, was that the killer T cells, the big activators in our immune system, when they see an infection, they want to go attack it. They can't do that until they fill themselves full of vitamin D. They have to fill themselves like with gas, with vitamin D to activate themselves. If the vitamin D is not available in adequate levels, the killer T cells stay dormant. So critically important to optimize your levels. The range that I suggest anywhere between two and 6,000 IUs of vitamin D per day. It's very, very important that you get tested for vitamin D to know where your levels are. I give you some dosing instructions in the article with this video that'll help you understand how to dose yourself, but get yourself tested. You know, you don't need to see a doctor anymore to get tested. We have a home test kit that we can send you and you can find out what your numbers are and we can also tell you exactly how much vitamin D you need you need to take to get yourself between that magic number between 50 and 80 nanograms per milliliter. Please don't let this slip by any longer. Uh, this is a very, very important piece of information. Second thing that we do is we give, we realize that stress is critically important, a major immune compromising event. When you're under stress, we get depleted, we get run down, we get more colds, we get, more, we get sick. Our children, the same way. We as adults know when we get tired and run down, we are more at risk of getting sick. Our children, when they're playing sports aggressively, having a lot of sleepovers, playing really hard, play dates, they get run down, they get sick. We use an herb in our house called ashwagandha, one of the most powerful winter harvested adaptogens, an herb that will boost your immunity and give you energy when you're tired and give you the energy to go to sleep when you're also run down. So this herb will not only put you to sleep, but give you energy at the same time. It will treat your depression and your anxiety. It's not just symptomatically stimulating you or sedating you. It's a deep rejuvenative that gives you the endurance that you need to handle stress like water off a duck's back so you don't get run down. When we get run down, we are at risk of an infection. We get, our immune system becomes compromised. This doesn't have to happen with adequate levels of vitamin D and a good winter harvested adaptogen to boost your immunity and boost your endurance in the long winter months. And the third and final thing that I do with my children and my family and my patients is to make sure that the intestinal villi, the little villi inside of your intestinal tract are as optimal as possible. 80% of your immune response takes place in the relationship between the villi and the lymphatic system that drains your intestinal tract. In that little half inch, and I wrote an article, you can read about it on my website, called The Most Important Half Inch in Your Body. In that half inch is where all the magic happens in your immune system. If you are, if you are, have irritated, inflamed intestinal function, constipation, acid reflux, any type of digestive imbalance or don't digest, hard to digest foods well, there's a good chance your immune system is compromised because your digestive system is not 
up to par. If your digestive system uh, is not functioning well and the villi are not able to absorb the nutrition that will support immunity, or those same villi detoxify you from chemicals and toxins that compromise your immune system, that puts us at risk. I use an herb called turmeric, and turmeric is a common herb that we activate with, an, with another herb called black pepper. And when you put those two together, the, the absorption rate of that formula is increased by over 2,000%. The, the, the immune benefits of that are similar to vitamin D. It, it cuts down on the inflammatory process. It heals and repairs your intestinal mucosa. It destagnates your lymphatic system and supports an antiviral function within your intestinal tract. This is powerful. It thins your bile, helps your bile flow better. Your bile is what emulsifies the yucky, toxic chemicals and the viruses that enter into your intestinal tract, as also it is the immune defender in your intestinal tract as well. So getting your bile to flow, your lymph system to move, healing and repairing your intestinal villi, optimizing your vitamin D levels, and supporting yourself with stress with ashwagandha are the three things that we do each and every winter with our six kids to keep them healthy, and I find that so incredibly effective with my patients as well. So please, read more about these three tips to support your immune system this winter on my website at lifespa.com, and I appreciate you listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about two incredible therapies for sinus problems like sinus congestion, sinusitis, sinus headaches, allergies, earaches, sore throats, swollen glands. Many of the upper respiratory problems that we have are caused by irritated nasal sinus mucous membranes. We often use antihistamines to dry out the mucus, but they also dry out the mucous membranes, irritating the mucous membranes, making them produce more reactive mucus, making the problem worse and even chronic. Traditionally, there was a technique called neti, using a neti pot like this, where you fill it with a, a mild saline solution, and you irrigate the sinuses and clean the sinuses out. That's step one. First, clean your sinuses. Step two, which is, which is relatively unknown, is a technique called nausea. And nausea is using herbalized oils moisturizing herbs in a base oil, and you drop that into your sinuses, and you sniff that oil into your sinuses, and you lubricate the mucous membranes. First, you irrigate, clean, and then you lubricate. If you went to the beach and you put salt water on your skin, your skin would dry out. If you put salt water into your sinuses, the mucous membranes will actually dry out, and they will may produce more reactive mucus. So the therapy wasn't complete until you finished the job with the nausea, with the lubrication component. Now, neti on its own has been studied as an incredible therapy for your sinuses. It stops nasal secretions. It actually outperformed the nasal sprays for, for, for sinusitis. It actually even reduced the need for medications for sinus, sinus problems as well. So it's a very effective therapy. It stands alone. It works great. But with the addition of the nausea, it works that much better. So these two in combination are incredibly 
effective. Now, when you do the, the neti pot, what you do is you use body temperature water, about a cup of water with about a quarter teaspoon of purified uh, salt with no iodine in it, and you stir that and make a solution. Then you tip your head, and you take this pot and put it in the upper nostril, and you pour it into your sinuses, and the water will go up the upper nostril and out the lower nostril. Keep your mouth open and breathe. I give detailed instructions on how to do that in the article associated with this video. Also cite all the references and the research that's done on these techniques. Very, very incredible. But you do that, and, and you use the whole pot in one nostril, then you swing it around, and and do the other nostril and you complete the cycle. Sometimes it takes about two or three pots per nostril to actually open up the sinuses and clear out the sinuses and get rid of the congestion. After you do that, then you're ready for the, for the net, for the nausea. The nausea is using an herbalized oil. It is very important that it, we use an herbalized oil. Most vegetable oils, the molecule is too large to actually moisturize and penetrate the phospholipid layer in our skin or in our nasal mucosa. So the oil just sits on the surface. But when you actually use herbs and cook the oil and use moisturizing herbs, the oil becomes rarefied and the herbs are, are now carried to and through the skin by the oil and have a very deep moisturizing effect. So you want to get a good quality nausea oil with herbs cooked into it. And you take the oil and then you warm it under a, a faucet till it's just about above body temperature. Check that on your skin and make sure it doesn't burn or skin. Make sure it's just the right temperature. And once you have the oil in the, in the dropper, you take a big breath in and exhale all the way out. Tip your head back as far as you can go and drop two drops into both nostrils and then sniff deeply into, both, both into your sinuses. And then usually you do that once or twice and you'll feel the oil drip into the back of your mouth and you can spit that out. And then the process is complete. First, ear gate, clean out. That has incredible effects on the sinuses and the congestion on its own. But then finish the job with lubrication and healing the nasal mucosa with an herbalized nausea oil. Please check out the article associated with this video for more details. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi. I'm Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about how to stop a cold in its tracks. You know, we are constantly being exposed to viruses and bacteria and germs, and we can wash our hands and maintain good hygiene, but more importantly, it's our susceptibility that keeps us from getting sick. The first level of susceptibility is when we get stressed out, run down, and exhausted. That causes us to produce stress-fighting hormones, which are immune-compromising. The chemistry of stress is very acidic. Our lymphatic system, particularly our cervical lymph, which drains the respiratory tract, becomes congested. And when the lymphatic system is congested, the immune system is literally stuck in traffic and can't respond to a bacteria or a virus as quickly as it should. So that's the first level of susceptibility, is not to let ourselves get run down or exhausted. Secondly, when the sinuses get dried out because the lymph can't drain the way it could, we begin to get kind of a scratchy throat. Our respiratory tract is lined with finger-like epithelium, skin with little projections that sweep toxins and villi through the respiratory tract so they can be processed into the lymphatic system and drained out of the body as quickly as possible. If they dry out, then we will get a scratchy, sore throat. And that's the second level of susceptibility of the common cold. And 
the third level of susceptibility is when those respiratory mucosa, after being dried out because the lymph isn't draining well, or we're in a very dry environment, like in the winter, with dry heat blowing on us, and the winter causes a very significant amount of dryness in the air. The, 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 the rain even dries out as snow. The environment is extremely dry, and the respiratory tract dries out and produces a significant amount of respiratory mucus, and that, that can be produced in an excessive manner that causes the villi, the little cilia in your respiratory tract to become congested. The bacteria and viruses are opportunistic. They breed in this mucus and they find safe haven in this mucus and they cause an infection. So we don't actually get infected until after we've been, the lymph system has been compromised because of stress and becoming run down. The respiratory tract has become dried out and irritated and, the, and then the mucus produce reactive mucus and then we become vulnerable to the infection. So if we treat the body with antibiotics at that point in time, can be very, very effective, but we haven't, we, we can treat the body much earlier to prevent the infection from taking place. Now, if you do get infected, then please go to your doctor, get checked out, make sure you're not in harm's way. If you need antibiotics, then take them. They, they, they save lives. But, but more importantly is what we can do for our family and for ourselves to treat the first three levels of susceptibility before the infection takes place. Now, the fourth level of susceptibility is when we create, when we have chronic dryness uh, that causes a post-nasal drip. The post-nasal drip is a thin layer of mucus that drips down the back of our throat and can irritate the bronchioles, causing a dry cough, or it can become excessive and cause an infection in the bronchioles or in the lower lungs and cause a more serious infection. And that's the fourth level of susceptibility, and that's something that we have to protect ourselves against. Now, years ago, I would have to use many, many different herbs to treat all those different levels of susceptibility. But a few years back, I designed a formula called cold cough, which has three Ayurvedic herbs that do an amazing job in stopping a cold in its tracks. How does it do that? Well, there's one of the herbs is called trichitu. It's a series of three peppers ginger, black pepper, and long pepper, and they decongest the upper respiratory tract. They thin the mucus so the mucus can flow out of the sinuses into the digestive system, into the lymph in a more efficient manner. It also increases the circulation of the respiratory tract so those cells can turn over and rejuvenate themselves. The second herb is an herb called sitopalati. It's a very ancient Ayurvedic formula for the respiratory tract, traditionally used for thousands of years for asthma and breathing difficulties. And what this formula does is it actually opens up the airways, it heals the respiratory tract, and it actually heals the mucosa of the lower lobes of the lungs as well as the sinuses. So this is a great addition to this formula. And then the last herb is called turmeric, and turmeric is well studied for its boosting of the immune system. It actually heals the cilia of the respiratory tract. It actually increases bile flow, which is a big immune protector in our, in our intestinal tract. It actually decreases inflammation, much like vitamin D does and protects our immune system. It also is a great uh, antiviral agent, so it actually protects ourselves and it heals and repairs respiratory mucosa and thins the mucus. So when you put all three of those together, we have, we have the turmeric and the trichotu to thin the mucus and the turmeric to heal the respiratory tract 
and the turmeric is also a great lymphatic mover to get the cervical lymph to begin to drain, as well is the tricutu, which stimulates circulation to get the lymph to drain as well. And of course, the sitoplati to actually really go in there and soothe and heal the respiratory mucosa. Three amazing herbs, all in one formula. You take two of those capsules every two hours at the first sign of a cold, and you can usually turn a cold back in its tracks. It's just an amazing uh, combination of herbs that works incredibly well. In addition to that, I like to do two other things. One is get a thermos, fill it with hot water, and sip it every five or 10 minutes as much as you can during those first couple of hours of that respiratory irritation and sore throat, and just sip as much plain hot water as you possibly can. Boil the water, put it in a thermos, two or three sips every five to 10 minutes for, the, for three days if you need it that long. Uh, but, but usually best to stay in these routines for the full three days and turn this cold around once and for all. And the very last thing I want to tell you about is a technique called ear oil. And you can go to the health food store and buy an ear oil called uh, garlic mullion, which is probably the best one you can buy. I also, in the article associated with this video, I tell you how to make your own simple, simple, takes about 10 minutes to make your own garlic ear oil, extremely simple. You take the ear oil and you warm it up just above body temperature. You put it in both ears, uh, you know, two or three times a day to actually help increase cervical lymphatic drainage that activates your immune system and your body, your lymph system starts to become engaged, comes back online, and it supports an incredible immune response. So between the ear oil, the sipping of the hot water, and taking the cold cough every two hours, two capsules every two, capsules every two hours for, the, for these three days, can almost always turn a cold around in its tracks. Please read the article associated with this video. I go step-by-step step through this process. I give you some information, some of the research done on some of these herbs, and also how to, um, how to do the hot water, and also how to make your own ear, ear oil. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. My name is Dr. John Duyard, and I'm gonna to talk to you today about the potential risk of frequent air travel. And in the article associated with this video, I'm going to go over some of the solutions to mitigate such stress. You know, when I was the director of player development for the New Jersey Nets, I traveled about 17 days a month. And I'd wake up in hotel rooms with my fingers swollen, my eyes puffy. I felt like it took 10 years off my life. You know, the first thing that happens when you get on an airplane is you have what's called altitude shock. You get pressurized in the cabin from sea level to about eight to 10,000 feet. Here in Colorado, people go from 5,000 feet to the mountains at 8,000 feet. They get altitude sickness, they get headaches. It can even be life-threatening. And that happens just in a couple of minutes at an airplane. That is such a dehydrating experience. And when your skin gets super dry, underneath your skin is what's called the skin-associated lymph, where your immune system is housed. And it circulates throughout your entire body. When that gets significantly dry, our immune system becomes compromised. In the Journal of Environmental Health Research, they found out that the recycled air increases your risk of getting a cold by 100 times. If you're in first class, you're breathing the air from the guy coughing in row 34. It doesn't matter. Then there's also the jet lag. If you take a whale out of the Pacific Ocean and take him to the Atlantic Ocean, lay him over for a couple hours, and then pick him up and fly him to the, to the Indian Ocean, the, the ability for that whale to reconnect with those natural rhythms is a significant stress. Changing time zones is a significant stress. Our bodies are trained with the rhythms. We, we all know that when you go to a fly across country, your sleep patterns are off. We become dried out and constipated. 
we start to swell and hold on to water. One, one international flight is the equivalent in terms of radiation exposure of one's chest x-ray. Now, if you're doing that on a, a frequent basis, that can accumulate and that can add up. There's also significant risk for what's called deep vein thrombosis, which is like a blood clot. And when you're sitting in a dehydrated cabin, very still for a long period of time, it increases the risk of these blood clots, which are very significant. One study uh, reported in The Lancet, they said that 1% of air travelers, that's 20 million blood clots per year. And that can happen a month or two after the air travel. So that's another significant factor. And there's many strategies to deal with this. One, you know, getting up and moving around. Two, stay hydrated. Three, making sure that your lymph system doesn't get decongested. And using herbs, adaptogenic herbs, to support the travel stress. Many of which I go over in detail in the article associated with this video. So please take a look at that. If you're traveling a lot, you know, pack your bags. You know, tune into this survival kit. So that stress doesn't become such a powerful impact and take years off your life. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Bigard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Bigard, and I want to talk to you today about allergies, respiratory allergies, seasonal allergies, what causes allergies, and how can we fix them. We know that stress is compromising for the immune system. We know that a lack of good immunity is what generally causes allergies. Stress is you know, processed through our intestinal wall. We know that. 95% of our serotonin is produced in the gut. <clears throat> so when the stress is high, the gut gets irritated. When the gut gets dried out, you get constipated. When it gets irritated, it can produce loose bowel movements. It can inflame your intestinal tract. When the villi of your intestinal tract get inflamed, they, they cause a lot of reactive mucus that can bog down and proliferate bacteria, yeast in your gut and cause inflammation. That can compromise the drainage of toxins off the gut wall into your lymphatic system, which is on the outside of your gut wall. When that lymph gets congested, your immune system is now stuck in traffic. I wrote an article called The Most Important Half Inch in Your Body, and it's the, it's the relationship between the villi on the inside of your gut wall and the lymph on the outside. Wherever you have skin in your body, you have an associated lymphatic tissue on the other side. I was to get bit by a mosquito and a bacteria was to penetrate my skin. I have a lymphatic system waiting on the other side of the skin to pounce with white blood cells on that bacteria so I don't get infected. On the other side of my gut wall, where I'm most exposed to toxins and undesirable bacteria that can get through the intestinal wall, I have my lymphatic system waiting to pounce on any weird virus or bacteria that might actually get through. We also have lymph on the other side of the respiratory tract. So if anything, if we're breathing pollens or pollutants and my lymph is literally stuck in traffic, I'm going to have a compromised lymphatic immune response. The allergy is a hypersensitive local reaction. I cause a, what's called a histamine reaction to that, uh, to that exposure to the pollens that actually should be processed by the lymph and processed by the lymph. And when the lymph can't get there, I create an allergic reaction, a, a histamine reaction. So it's really a very simple thing to reverse the process. To, to reverse the process, we, wanna, we want to um, you know, heal, really sever the relationship between the stress and your gut wall so the stress is not going there. Adaptogenic herbs, meditation techniques, yoga, stress reduction techniques, very, very important. Vitamin C is really important as well. A lot of allergies come at the end of the, of the winter. 
and the beginning of the spring, spring allergies, allergy season. In the winter, we don't get vitamin C because there's no citrus fruits being really available. Leafy greens aren't available. So it's sort of a, a vitamin C drought. So one of the things you want to do in the springtime is really build those reserves of vitamin C because we don't typically get a lot of that from nature's perspective, and that's why we get all the greens with lots of vitamins in the springtime. So making sure you get adequate amounts of vitamin C. Adaptogenic herbs like brahmi and ashwagandha, great for rebuilding the, uh, the nervous system. Also, you want to support the villi of your intestinal tract, and that can be done with vitamin C again, known to support collagen. So these are naturally occurring fruits and vegetables that come in the springtime, berries and things like that, are really good for your intestinal wall. It's just beautiful. All the leafy greens have the vitamin C to support the collagen production of the intestinal wall. Brahmi, another great herb for stress, but also been shown to build collagen in your skin. So it's good for this skin. We put it in our skincare products, but also really good for the inner skin of your intestinal tract and your respiratory tract to re rebuild that. Then you have you want to support the, the villi of your intestinal tract, and you want and and that's going to be done again with vitamin C and um, and uh, and also herbs like brahmi, but also the lymph on the outside of the gut wall is very important, and that can be done with herbs like mangista, one of my favorite lymphatic moving herbs. Herbs like rutin, which are in fruits and vegetables, which are naturally occurring. All the greens help get the lymph to move as well. Uh, a, a, another product that's great for your lymphatic system that actually thins the mucus so the lymph can flow better. It's a great detoxifier for your liver, precursor to the major detoxifying agent in your liver called glutathione. It's called NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine, which you can get locally at, at, at a, at a, at a uh, health food store. And that's a great, another great lymphatic mover as well. And then you want to sort of begin to desensitize the tissues so they're not so hyper-reactive. And that's where you get your flavonoids and your bioflavonoids, which are in your fruits and vegetables, and also quercetin, another flavonoid that actually is an antioxidant. It's an anti-inflammatory. helps to desensitize the immune system so it doesn't have this whole overwhelming hyper you know, response, overzealous immune response. Because it's really an overzealous immune response that's happening locally because the immune system is sort of stuck in traffic. Nettles, another herb that's great for the inflammation and also to help calm down the, uh, the, the overzealous immune response. So those are some good strategies. And I've written a really comprehensive article associated with this video where I go into detail uh, with all of the, the herbs and the foods that you can use to help prevent allergies from happening, treat them when they actually occur, and also understand what might be the weak link in your system that you can actually treat, you know, target some particular aspect of your digestion or lymph that might be the weak link that's setting up for, you know, a real rough ride during allergy season. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Viard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Viard. I want to talk to you today about coughing, something that we all do, something that can be very nagging, pesky, and extremely disruptive in your life. And I want to talk to you about the Ayurvedic understanding of what a cough is, where it comes from, and some strategies to address this pesky thing called a cough. Now, it all starts in the winter. Winter is a dry time of the year. We know that our sinuses will dry out. We know that our skin dries out in the winter. 
And when the skin begins to dry out, particularly the skin that lines your respiratory tract, it causes and triggers a production of excess reactive mucus. And that excess reactive mucus can actually become an irritant. <clears throat> they can actually become a breeding ground for undesirable microbes that can begin to infiltrate in our res respiratory tract. That extra reactive mucus that comes from the dryness of winter can actually begin to drip down from the sinuses down the back of our throat and cause a drip, a post-nasal drip, which can be the beginning of a cough. Now, nature had a plan for this, and they said, if I'm going to give you winter, which is cold and dry, I'm going to make sure I give you plenty of foods in the harvest in the fall, in October and November, of root vegetables and soups and stews and possibly more proteins and more fats in your diet to help lubricate nuts and seeds, things like that, to lubricate and insulate and protect the respiratory mucose from this excess dryness which is coming. But if we don't, you know, respond with nature's harvest and eat according to the seasons, the sinuses will tend to dry out and we will tend to produce a certain amount of reactive mucus. Undesirable microbes will proliferate or can proliferate in that reactive mucus and cause even more reactive mucus production. It can drip down, cause sinus congestion. And the more sinus congestion you get, the more undesirable microbes can proliferate. The more that, that, that mucus can drip down into the back of your throat, um, and cause a postnasal drip and a reactive cough to try to expel or expectorate the mucus. Now, when the sinuses dry out, it also can cause sort of a scratchy throat, so you can get that beginning of a sore throat kind of a thing. And there are many things you can do, first prophylactically, because you know it's winter, to protect yourself against you know, the dryness of your respiratory tract, simple things like even a humidifier in your house and things like that. Eating a diet, of course, that is more appropriate to the season makes really good logical sense. Even, you know, staying warm and not letting your body get cold because in Ayurveda, cold, when you get cold, you become dry. So wearing a hat, particularly when you have no hair like me, you have to wear a hat. Um, and if you, when you don't have any hair like me, you realize how, how, how much hair matters in terms of insulating your head and even your neck and even your respiratory tract. So if you want to really see what it means to be cold and then get your sinuses dried out, shave your head. Um, because it's, it's very important to keep your head warm in Ayurveda. One of the most important things, and very few people really get that in the West, and it's so important to do that, particularly in the winter when we can get excessively cold and dry. That can cause a scratchy throat, that can cause sinus dryness, irritation, mucus production, it can drip down the back of your throat and cause this, this pesky cough. Springtime comes, and I always say to the extent that you let your sinuses get dried out in the winter is to the extent that your sinuses will make extra mucus in the spring. Now remember, spring is what we call allergy season, right? The earth holds on to more water in the spring. We also, as part of nature, hold on to more water and become more congested in the springtime. So the earth holds on to more water in the spring and we hold on to more water in the spring and therefore more vulnerable to congestion allergy season. So nature had a plan for that too by giving us, you know, not meats and soups and stews like in winter, the chain the harvest dramatically shifts from sprouts and berries and cherries and, you know, and, and other types of more drying astringent root vegetables to help soap up or so, sop up all the extra mucus and not let it become a congestive irritant. But 
again, to the extent that you got dry in the winter, is, is to the extent that you'll produce reactive mucus in the spring, and that can overshoot the runway of your ability to handle certain mucus. And then, of course, in the spring, we have this pollen surge that happens in, in, in nature that acts as a major uh, overwhelming respiratory irritant that can produce more reactive mucus. And so if you're not you know, eating the foods of spring, and you hadn't actually protected the mucus membranes from the dryness of the winter, you are sort of the perfect storm for allergies and all types of respiratory issues. And this cough that you might have gotten from a, a little from being under the weather in the winter can actually become persistent and chronic all spring time long if you don't understand the rules of how to deal with this. So there are many strategies to this, and Ayurveda has a technique called nausea, where you actually take Medicaid oil into your sinuses and sniff into your sinuses to help lubricate. I think everybody knows about neti pots where you pour saline solution into your sinuses and you lubricate and you clean out your sinuses. But the other half of that technique is something called nausea, where you actually sniff a, a herbalized oil into your sinuses to lubricate your sinuses. In Ayurveda, there's a strategy to help make this happen. The first strategy is demulcent therapies. Therapies that are going to lubricate your sinuses, nausea oil being one of them for sure. Herbs like slippery elm is a demulcent bark that lubricates your sinuses. Herbs like licorice, these all really need to be a part of any respiratory formula is a, or the demulcent herbs to lubricate and protect the sinuses. Then of course you want things that are gonna open up the airways. Um, and there are many herbs that are classic for that. Herbs like osha root, which has natural camphor in, in the root, and it actually has a natural uh, air or airway opening effect. Herbs like whorehound and peppermint have menthol literally in the leaves of the peppermint, and they actually specifically open up the airway. So you want these airway openers, and most of these also have mucus thinning properties. So step one, lubricate and demulse with things like slippery elm and licorice. Step two, you wanna open the airways with things like osha root and whorehound and peppermint and menthol and camphor-based agents, things like that make, um, make a lot of sense. And then perhaps, maybe most importantly, in a respiratory form, it would be something like ginger. Ginger um, and whorehound both have natural uh, antimicrobial properties. So if you do have a little extra mucus and you have these undesirable microbes wanting to proliferate in your respiratory tract, then uh, these herbs tend to help protect against the infiltration of these undesirable microbes. Ginger in particular may be the, the, the you know, it's called the universal spice in Ayurveda, so important for thinning the mucus, boosting immunity in the upper respiratory tract, helping to open up the airways. It has, you know, it sort of does it all from the point of view of uh, respiratory support. But those are some really basic logical strategies. First, understanding in nature had a plan, nature had a plan to make sure that from our diet, that we don't ever have these problems become so, you know, um, so far along that we actually become, you know, congested and get a chronic cough. And so if we listen to nature's prescription of eating with the seasons that I talk about in my three season diet book, but also we have our, our three season diet challenge that everybody should know is an absolutely free, 
you know, uh, offer that we put out a, a, a diet recipe plan every month for an entire year. Um, and it's going to go on year after year where folks can actually get recipes and diets and research and videos about how to connect back to Mother Nature and eat with the seasons. I'm sort of a little uh, blown away by the, by the extreme pendulum shifting that takes place from one diet to the next. And I just want to get people back to hearing and understanding and experiencing the logic of nature. And that would protect you from these chronic, pesky, nagging, uh, undesirable coughs that tend to take place. Also, uh, look at herbal formulas like our Ayurvedic cough kicker that have herbs that make sense to actually unravel in the, the, the underlying factors of what actually may have set you up for a cough in the first place. Please check out the article associated with this video at my, on, my, on my website at lifespa.com. Thank you for listening. Dr. John Muir. This recording is brought to you by LifeSpa, where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at lifespa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 